0: Welcome back to The Federal Drive with Tom Temm Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Airplane wings aren't easy to design. They've got to be tough, flexible, and perform well. And, of course, the lighter, the better. That's a lot of variables. Now, NASA and a group of academic researchers is learning to use what they call a programmable material system to engineer these structures out of ultralight materials. It has promise for both government and industry. Joining me with the details, NASA Ames Research Computer Scientist Nick Kramer. Nick, good to have you on.
1: Great being here.
0: I thought NASA did rockets. Why would airplane wings come under the NASA purview in the first place?
1: So originally NASA came out of NACA, which was looking primarily towards aerospace applications, planes and things like that. And so we still have a full mission directorate that's focused on aerospace applications and maintaining sort of the U.S. interest in in the aerospace industry.
0: Tell me about this project. There are some government components, you, and some academics. And is the objective a new wing, or is it a process for designing new aerodynamic structures?
1: It's a little bit of both. We wanted to be able to demonstrate this sort of technology. Um, So there was a lot of convergent technology pieces that we wanted to demonstrate. We wanted to show that it was lightweight, that we could uh, tune the material properties in this uh, sort of uh, anisotropic manner and but in doing so we're building up this sort of framework for us to be able to uh hopefully effectively design and build aircraft uh, more efficiently in the future.
0: And how is this different from traditional CAD or computer aided design?
1: Yeah, so it's um it's a little bit different it's more like building with Legos. In this case what we what we're giving you is we initially started with a um a toolbox of parts, right? So we had uh, something along the lines of nine unique components, and we said we basically did the old uh, dump it out on the table and let's make an aircraft out of this. Uh, and so you still use CAD, you do it in computer aided design, but you've, you're limited to this like individual set of parts. We love Legos as a comparison because you know you can build up a full you know house or a Chevy truck out of these individual Lego parts. And it will look uh, very close to that. And we're just bringing sort of the performance uh, aspect to it. Uh, and that's how you know that's how it's really different. Is we're just we're building it up from this uh, small components that that we already have into the full structure.
0: And these components exist as digital objects,
1: digital and physical objects. You design the the parts sort of as their individual pieces initially, um, with sort of some general guidelines on how how you need to do it. So we know we need to have flat pieces. We know we need to have uh, these high-performance um, lattice structure pieces, so these unit cells, uh, which we call volumetric pixels, voxels. Um, and so th- those were designed a priori, and then we brought them in uh, into sort of this wireframe digital aspect and just sort of you know, built them up and then went and physically built them up afterwards.
0: Sure. And is the industry on the verge of a whole new way of approaching wing design? Because in some ways, it hasn't really changed since the 1930s when they developed the Internally sparred cellular wing structure, and they would just test it by running a bulldozer over it or a steamroller.
1: Yeah, I think uh, that that's part of what we're what we're shooting for here. Is as you said, like we've we've really done this traditional sort of uh, tube and wing design approach. Uh, NASA's you know invested uh, time and effort into you know more unique approaches, uh, blended body wing. Blended wing bodies, uh, BWBs, uh, the X-48 in those cases, uh, where the body and the wings are sort of integrated into one. And that's the sort of uh, technological area that we're trying to enable uh, using this approach.
0: I once had to coach a group of grade schoolers to build a structure out of 16-inch size balsa wood sticks and to see how much weight it could bear Mm -hmm. before it broke, and when it broke it had to release a ping-pong ball. Maybe I could help on this project.
1: (laughs) That's that's actually a a great sort of analogy there. That's uh, when when I was uh, working with some undergrads, it's uh it's sort of the same approach. A little higher performance than that balsa the with, with pieces, but uh uh that that's the level that we want to sort of uh get the design process to where you're you're thinking about being creative and having good ideas and applying them, not so much about the nitty-gritty of how do I get this little, you know, this little component designed in CAD and produced uh on an injection molder or something like that.
0: We're speaking with Nick Kramer. He's a research computer scientist at NASA Ames Research Center in Mountain View, California. And tell us about the program, because you've got academic partners that are working with you. Does this, are they operating under grants from NASA?
1: Yeah, so uh, we had sort of this unique combination with, with all these. Uh, we had uh, fellowship graduate students from these universities that were working with us. We had grants that were given to individual universities and uh but we were able to sort of co-locate all of them typically during you know summers and uh it was sort of this uh, fantastic experience for for everyone involved because you just got a lot of you know really smart uh motivated people into a room and it, it sort of popped out a lot of creative and new ideas
0: and give us a sense of the scale of what it is you're working on i mean could this process eventually be used by industry to design the next 737, the Ultramax, or something like that? Or is it more for the drone-sized, maybe, in the surveillance type of aircraft?
1: In general, for these sort of application spaces, the, the bigger, the better, actually. Um, so that's one of the uh, great components is that as things are designed right now, you want to be, be bigger to be more efficient. Um, our process sort of scales better to be bigger. Um, this is because, for example, our, our little components that we had to assemble, we hand assembled them. Um, and when you're hand assembling something, you have a limited amount of size that you can do it. Because it's, if it's too small, you just you can't get your hands in there. Um, so bigger is kind of better. Uh, typically, you want to be bigger, lighter weight aspect of uh, things. So uh, if you're going towards uh, things that are called like high-altitude long-endurance aircraft or high-altitude pseudo-satellites, um, those are really good application spaces. Uh, but but we'd envision, you know, maybe not the Boeing, you know, Max Ultra, but maybe the next generation where it's a, a blended wing body or something like that could be an application space.
0: In a way, it's almost a return to the future because the flying wing was a concept that was really popular in the 50s and 60s.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, so somewhat even before that, uh, the, you know, initial sort of historic gliders that were first created before the Wright brothers uh, typically had that same sort of framework and and that's you know, and that's there's good reason with that. We go see birds, we look at them, we say, oh, yeah, I, I can sort of intuitively understand why we do that. Um, and that's that's part of what we're bringing to the table here. But uh, with a high level of, you know, engineered uh, technology and uh, work that lays underneath it.
0: What happens to the intellectual property from this project? Will it be available to industry or how does the transfer aspect work?
1: We have a um, technology sort of uh, release form that that's you know sort of uh, applied and, and whenever we have conversations, you know this this is sort of uh, the sort of things that everyone that's in the public domain will be able to see and access and understand what you know what we did to build this up and hopefully, they'll be able to see the value in it and take it sort of that next level to sort of mass produce or apply it to common aircraft.
0: And by the way, what are the materials being used nowadays? What what do you envision as the next generation of materials for these types of structures?
1: We were using a polymer composite. In this case, they had uh, chopped glass fiber support matrixes, pieces in there. And so that's that's sort of the next level is, you know, everyone's thinking about carbon fiber and and that sort of approach.
0: By the way, how did you come to
1: this? I was a graduate student at the University of California at Santa Cruz, and uh, that was I had the opportunity to do an internship here at NASA Ames, and I sort of never left and just kept working on it. And was just so enthralled that I, you know, I wanted to push it forward.
0: Are you a mechanical engineer, computer science? What was your background?
1: In grad school, I was a computer engineer with a focus on modeling and control. You know, in undergrad, I had a mechanical degree, uh, so I sort of had matched up with some of the the primary goals. Um, Initially, what I was brought on doing was uh, looking at the modeling and control of sort of the morphing technology that we were doing. And so how do we actually uh, use this efficiently to make a better aircraft?
0: Nick Kramer is a research computer scientist at NASA Ames Research Center in Mountain View, California. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post a link to more information and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Listen to The Federal Drive whenever you want. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Still to come on Federal News Radio, now is the time for all good career staff to step up and help out the Homeland Security Department. It's The Federal Drive with Tom Tamman. Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.